Welcome to your digital reputation. Here's your host, Roger Christie. Hello, and thanks for joining us. My name's Roger Christie, founder of digital reputation advisory firm, Propel. And today, we have a slightly different interview for you, one that is essential listening for anyone who needs evidence and examples to get their leaders online. Early this year, I joined Craig Mullaney, partner at Brunswick Group, for the IABC World Conference, and we joined forces to talk about an emerging trend we'd observed from different sides of the world, where multiple leaders, both within and beyond their organisational boundaries, appeared to be working in partnership online. Strange. Why would they be doing that? What added benefits could working together offer leaders that they just couldn't access on their own? Why were leaders, even leaders from competing organisations, backing one another up in their posts on LinkedIn or Twitter? And what could be gained by having multiple leadership voices online rather than just the one digital hero? The session was titled Go Far Together, How Leaders Can Work Together Digitally to inspire a global audience. It was an absolute pleasure chatting with Craig, who I hold in such high regard on this topic. But rather than telling his story, I'll let Craig introduce himself. Sure. I'm I'm Craig. I'm obviously not Australian. I'm uh, based in Washington, D.C. in the U.S. Uh, I'm a partner at Brunswick Group. We are an international critical issues advisory firm. Um, My background is in the practice of leadership. I was an, an army leader for a long time before uh, having executive roles uh, in the Defense Department, at Facebook, um, and now at Brunswick, where, like Roger, I advise a variety of executives on using social media to amplify their leadership impact. For context, I first came across Craig many years ago during his time at Facebook when he interviewed ANZ Bank's CEO, Shane Elliott, about his work as a social CEO. After Facebook, Craig then joined Brunswick Group as a partner in 2018, and I can vividly remember an interview he did soon after joining. He used this phrase that has been so central to this idea and and the value of leaders stepping up online that it still sticks with me today. He said, you can't follow someone you don't trust. You can't trust someone you don't know. This is is the business case for getting executives online. And and since then, he's carved out a reputation for being one of the global authorities for executive use of social media. His perspective and experience is one that all Australian leaders and advisors should take note of. And the work Brunswick does, particularly its connected leadership and digital investor research, this work provides incredible insight around the case for getting leaders online and the benefits they stand to gain when they do. Brunswick has published for for the past three years an annual Connected Leadership Report uh, where we look at two audiences, uh, what we call financial readers, those who regularly um, engage with uh, top-tier financial media, and employees of large companies, uh, and ask them their expectations of leaders in today's world. And what we have found consistently over three years and, and really a trend that's accelerated uh, in the past two years in response to the pandemic is that it has now become a baseline expectation that business leaders, uh, leaders of any organization really, uh, must be online. Um, And this corresponds with uh, what we understand intuitively and anecdotally that leadership is never more important than in moments of crises. That's where we look um, uh, to leaders 
And uh, the particular nature of this crisis has meant, in most cases, that those leaders can't be seen uh, in 3D. And digital has become a, a proxy uh, channel for uh, for those financial reader and employer audiences to connect with business leaders. So, um, you know, turning to some of the key findings from uh, the most recent report, uh, we found that amongst those audiences and and in seven markets globally that seven out of ten employees uh, find it important for CEOs to actively communicate on social media about their company. Uh, it's particularly critical for employee engagement. Uh, that employees would prefer to work for a connected leader by a more than four to one ratio. Um, and when we drill into that a bit, we, we find that nine out of 10 employees uh, say that leaders who communicate directly and transparently with employees, uh, that that's a really important factor in their decision to join a new employer. Um, all of which is to say that in a world of hybrid work, uh, in a world where there's increasing demand on talent, that war for talent has never been fiercer. This is a comparative advantage that a, a company just can't um, choose to operate without, um, you know, without using that leverage. Um, it's important for building trust. Um, again, that these audiences trust a connected leader more than a leader who's not using social media to uh, engage stakeholders. Um, in a crisis, uh, and we have had a slew of crises recently, um, that's even more important. Eight out of 10 um, employees, nine out of 10 financial readers find it important for CEOs to communicate on social media uh, during a time of crisis. Um, I, I'll add in another stakeholder group, which we don't survey directly in this uh, particular report, but comes from a, a companion report or digital investor survey of institutional investors. Um, the institutional investors, it turns out, are like other people. 99% of them are using digital to get their, their jobs done. Um, but what surprises most of the companies we, uh, we engage is that it's now the case that 80% of institutional investors are using digital tools to make final investment decisions. Um, and so if you are uh, a company who cares about shareholder engagement, um, this is a, a really valuable tool for you to engage that, that audience. Both these reports are gold for anyone seeking data, industry examples, and even verbatims from social CEOs themselves at some of the world's largest organisations. The Connected Leadership Report in particular is something I find myself referring back to again and again and again, having surveyed the views of almost 6,500 financial readers and employees from large organisations, and with 16 in-depth interviews with CEOs themselves, which is incredibly handy. A few things that Craig didn't mention just now that I think are absolutely worth highlighting. 82% of employees research a CEO's presence online when considering whether to join a company. 88% of financial readers want to hear a leader's views on mission, on vision and values via social media. And roughly 90% of both employees and financial readers believe that leaders must use social media to correct misinformation about their company. 
that's where people are going and that's where they're most likely to be influenced. And as one of the interviews in the Connected Leadership Report explains, as a CEO from a, a multinational infrastructure and tech business, they said, we have a lot of effective and well-used internal communication channels. Still, for at least some of our colleagues, the message isn't real until they hear the CEO say it externally. Social media is really powerful stuff. And it's not all talking either. Those CEOs featured in the report also highlight the value of using social media to listen. Absolutely. And, and that's the power of social media. It's not, um, it's not purely your broadcast mechanism. It is a two-way, it's a two-way street. And so leaders who are able to use that, um, you know, it's sort of an on-demand, globally scalable uh, focus group, if you will, for a CEO um, to hear from employees at, at really all levels within the organization. An on-demand, globally scalable focus group to hear from employees at all levels. Let's just think about that for a moment. It sounds like an intelligent source any leader would relish, especially right now, to hear the heartbeat of their organizational culture. This idea of the listening leader is dramatically different to the, you know, the digital hero concept that many of us have become accustomed to seeing online. The approach where organizations invest all their time and all their energy into ensuring just the one central leader is seen and heard everywhere. And I think this is getting to the core of the challenge for most organizations. When we take a me versus a we approach to social media, that's when you lose. That's when you miss key conversations, key collaborations, and strangely enough, you invite far more risk and reputational damage into the mix. According to Craig's research, the leading CEOs online globally are the ones who recognize a few core principles. Firstly, having a social media presence is essential for any leader who wants to attract and retain the best talent today. Secondly, an effective social media presence involves far more than broadcasting media releases or shouting from the soapbox. Listening and engagement are vital. And finally, going into social media with a we mindset versus a me mindset and intentionally working with others online, that is the fastest way to succeed. And this, this is the very trend we're seeing amongst the most successful leaders online. I'm talking about a digital coalition or a digital choir, as I know Craig likes to refer to it. A, a digital coalition is a group of leaders working together as individuals online to achieve mutually beneficial outcomes. Now, this may be a, a leadership team using LinkedIn to engage diverse stakeholder groups to achieve you know, diversity and inclusion targets, but it can also be leaders from different organizations combining their voices on key social issues. Either way, the effect of a successful digital coalition is both immediate in terms of performance and amplification of messages, but it's also really, really importantly, enduring, as the example set by leaders has a trickle-down effect, empowering those workforces under their leadership to follow suit. This approach unlocks a diversity and depth of online voices that creates the best talent attraction and reputation management capability in the modern age. So if you're on a board listening to this and you're anxious, 
about investing in your CEO's social media profile because of the very important and very real threat of key person risk. Or, you know, the Alex Malley effect, for those who remember what happened with him and the CPA in Australia just a few short years ago. This idea of the digital coalition should be music to your ears. Not only does it protect the organisation, it taps into the very elements of social networks that make crucial, positive messages spread like wildfire. How does it work? Well, let's quickly unpack a few common scenarios that bring this to life. Now, let's say you're you're trying to encourage staff back into the workplace, or teams are feeling disengaged due to the COVID disruptions that we've had over the past few years. Well, when trying to understand the needs of employees and other stakeholders online, how much more informed would a leadership team be? How much more connected to stakeholder needs would they be? if they were all listening to the views and attitudes of those audiences relevant to them. Not one line in, one line out, but a range of leaders sharing insights and experience from across the stakeholder spectrum in real time. How much better would decision-making be? And all of that can be done most effectively and at scale online. Or another scenario, and perhaps equally common right now, you're trying to attack talent amid record unemployment and labour shortages. How are you doing it? by sharing links to job ads on Seek or LinkedIn? What if your leadership team all had established profiles online and could not only share specific opportunities when they come up in a, I suppose, a more personal or meaningful way relevant to their networks, and in doing so, turning generic job ads into invaluable advocacy opportunities for staff and partners who endorse your organisation publicly? If that's not good enough, and that's pretty good, what if every single post your leaders did diverse in thought, in tone, in focus areas, reflected their values and resonated so much with people that they were compelled to reach out before a job ad even hit the market. Finally, a third idea, and I think a very straightforward one. One leader on their own in the digital world simply invites far too much risk. Whenever you have a key message to get out, it can only go through the one leader's channel. They quickly become a bottleneck. Whenever you have a diverse range of messages to get out on key social issues or or things that relate to a specific function of the organisation, they can only go out through the one leader's channel. Those messages quickly become inauthentic. And when that leader leaves, as all leaders do, all that profile, all that equity, all that goodwill simply walks out the door with them and you're starting again from scratch. Why put your organisation in that position? Why? put all your eggs in the one basket. That is the power of the digital coalition. That is the power of getting your leaders and more active online. And almost every company I've advised at this point, it's probably north of 400 or 500 uh, business leaders. You, you start typically with a CEO who's, who's willing to sort of take a risk um, and be, uh, and be, present on, on social media and the, the team behind that, that CEO masters it, you know, within a couple of years and then they go, what's next. Um, and they see that the real opportunity for impact, uh, lies in the limitations of having just one voice representing the company externally. And they look around and say, we have an amazing cast of characters around the CEO, whether it's the chief technology officer or the, the head of human resources, 
um, maybe there's a, an heir apparent, a COO um, or, or a president within the company. And um, then they're getting, you're getting to the next level of complexity, which is how do you bring all of those leaders, uh, how do you turn them all into assets for the company, recognizing that there needs to be one, um, there needs to be one melody um, for the company. It's got a, a particular story and narrative the company needs to tell at that moment in time. But use each of those voice parts in a way that uh, gives you real harmony, um, that engages in different, often niche uh, audiences. You know, it may be that the person investors are most interested in hearing from is the CFO. Um, it may be the talent um, are more receptive to hearing about the company's pioneering benefits offer from the head of human resources or an engineer is interested in, you know, what are the cutting edge uh, technologies the company is employing and they want to hear from the CTO. Um, and that takes, uh, it takes significant work on the strategy, training, sort of synchronization operations. Um, and that's, you know, it's often where right, consultants like you and I get, get called in to help a company uh, figure that out. Um, but there's so much potential and power that can be unlocked um, when you think about the team and not just the, the, the soloist of the CEO. The soloist of the CEO. It sounds lonely. It is lonely. How can these CEOs do things differently? and get a better result. You know, Craig there talked about the four or 500 odd business leaders he's counseled. What should we be learning from them and their approach of starting at the top and working through the organization? And crucially, who's out there doing this that already that other leaders and communications advisors can learn from? Some examples that I think I'd like to highlight from a local perspective. I mentioned ANZ earlier, their CEO, Shane Elliott, he regularly elevates staff, customers, and even partners through his activity online. His example, his empowerment of others has a wonderful flow and effect to the ANZ team who in turn feel trusted and equipped to participate online, knowing their CEO is listening and backing them up. For me, he's one of the best examples of servant leadership online and someone who understands the power not of working as an individual, but in working in coalition, embodying that we versus me mindset online. And in the public sector, the New South Wales Department of Customer Service, in particular, the interplay between Minister Victor Dominello and his key executives, including the likes of uh, Secretary Emma Hogan and, and Service New South Wales CEO Damon Rees, they are best in class for government in how they support one another, amplify one another, feed off one another, and even solve problems together, all in public view online. And there are plenty of others too. It was fascinating to see the likes of Telstra, uh, National Australia Bank and Qantas, all large organisations from very different sectors, joining forces around important social issues, like vaccine rollout, for example. The CEOs of these businesses regularly tagging or sharing one another's content, commenting, on one another's posts in an act of cross-sector coalition. In fact, I remember one of the very first posts uh, that put former Deputy General Director Amanda Yates, who, who was at Transport and Main Roads, now CEO of Sun Central, um, it put her on the map in terms of notifying the market how she wanted to approach her digital activity. Well, she drew inspiration and publicly recognised the work of Susan Lloyd Horowitz at 
Murvac in a very personal, very public LinkedIn post. And what's funny is we've even seen hardened competitors, those vying for, for the same customers, they can work in coalition online too. Uh, the Kiwi Bank's Steve Yurkovich regularly amplifies the work of his industry competitors like NAB, like ANZ that we've mentioned, the Bank of New Zealand and Newbank. His approach shows that global issues like diversity, inclusion, equality, they are far more important than competitive boundaries. Another example, a global one that Craig knows well, is the CEO of Deutsche Telekom. Yeah, he's, he's very active LinkedIn, Instagram as well. Um, and something I thought was really interesting that he did uh, recently was uh, following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Um, he he gave uh, sort of the keys to the to the car. He gave his account over for a takeover by the German Red Cross. So this was paired with a major announcement about um, providing humanitarian resources to uh, to refugees and to um, people in Ukraine. Um, but just to use his platform to give visibility to a nonprofit organization. And that's, I think, a pretty creative partnership and one that, you know, other CEOs uh, can model elsewhere. Um, and that, that takes, I think, that idea of a coalition or a choir to a different dimension, which is a, not just thinking about the leaders within an organization working collaboratively together, but leaders across organizations collaborating, sort of facing forward into a, a common issue, even if in a traditional business sense, for instance, they are competitors. So what practical advice would you give to leaders, Craig? You are part of a community. Um, so one, don't try to do it alone. So look to others um, you know, in the advisory space, in the corporate space, in the public sector space who have um, taken these steps ahead of you. Um, two, while any leader can be a connected leader, can be present online and, and are expected to be online now, um, that's very different than saying it's easy. Um, and so I think it, it's worth going in with open eyes that it takes resources, it takes commitment, and it takes a really thoughtful strategy. Um, and in that strategy, you want to be crystal clear about what you're trying to achieve, the audiences, the stakeholders that you are prioritizing for engagement, the channels that make the most sense for reaching those audiences, and then a very thoughtful content strategy that maps back to that ultimate sort of business priority. Um, and a business, what I mean by an objective is the objective is not growing your followership as an end unto itself. It's about, it could be about shifting or changing, improving the reputation of the company, could be about attracting talent, um, but be really honest with yourself about what you're trying to achieve and then build a strategy around that. And I think all I'd add to what Craig said is the five drivers of digital reputation that we at Propel hang our hats on. Purpose, profile, listening, activity, and network. These five areas present five unique opportunities for you as a leader, for your team, for your organization to get the most out of your digital engagement, your social media engagement, and to do the most to protect your digital reputation. I could talk about those till the cows come home, but today, what I'd encourage you to do, by all means, reach out if you've got a question on what we've talked about today, but really, please go and check out Brunswick's reports. 
go and check out the different leader examples we've mentioned today. Go and check out Craig on LinkedIn and Twitter, particularly the LinkedIn newsletter he puts out every month on this very topic. And please, as always, feel free to reach out to me, Roger Christie, your host, if you have any questions from today's show, or even if you'd like to be part of the Your Digital Reputation podcast. A huge thanks again to Craig Mullaney at Brunswick for his wisdom. Thank you to the IBC for presenting us with that opportunity. And thank you all for joining us on this very special episode. Take care. Thanks again for listening. If you've learned something from today's conversation, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with others. For all show notes, head to propelgroup.com.au. Thanks again for listening.